Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Triangle Nonsense podcast. And this is the first episode of us determining who is the best lyricist from 2000 to 2010. Um, the last episode, we kind of explained to you guys what we're going to be doing. Um, and so this is the first episode we've all listened to our artists that we pick for round one. We've all sent each other references. And so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Um, so I'm going to kick it to Tim and Tim is going to tell us a bit about Slim Shady. Hi, I'm Tim, a.k.a. TR Paper Stacks, B.K.A. Young Possum Wrangler, a.k.a. Uh, Get Em Got Em, C.K.A. What's that over there? You know what I'm saying? All right. So I had Eminem. I'm very happy about the situation. <laughs> Listen, man, this this was a very difficult uh, selection for me, not for the reasons that you might think, not because I didn't have anything to choose from, but because I had too much to choose from. You have a notebook in front of me with approximately 28 different songs rated by quality on a scale of one to 10, <laughs> categorized by lyricism, storytelling, which are different to me. Uh, I, I don't know how y'all feel, but I started putting in, this is a stylish verse, this is a lyrically impressive verse as far as actual words, and this is a great story. So I think there's a lot of different categories to lyricism that I didn't consider before. Did y'all have that situation? Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, going with uh, a few of Ludacris's verses, I found myself drawn to a lot of his more dynamic stuff. And while he has a style where he can get kind of introspective and lyrical and slow it down, I was definitely more enamored with the faster stuff and it shows in my selections. And I think, too, the three artists that we picked are both from three different regions. And I think their regions kind of reflect how they tell stories. So, like, Lil Wayne isn't going to tell a story the same way that Eminem is going to tell a story or the same way that Ludacris is going to tell a story. So I think all three of them kind of carry those elements. But I think, like, some of them are just a little bit more, like, versatile in doing so. Doesn't necessarily mean the stories are better told or another. It just sounds different. Like, I can hear the difference in Lil Wayne's storytelling. Versus, because I think he's a great storyteller, but he's telling story of what he kind of went through versus story of, say, for instance, like a specific story specific to a song, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> in going through that, I had to whittle it down to what songs I wanted to pick for this round. That was the other thing that I had a lot of trouble with. Not using up something that I thought would be beneficial in another round if I were to perhaps by chance move forward. Talking with some confidence there. I'm, I'm not looking past the Hawks, but I'm looking past the Hawks. You know what I'm saying? You understand. Um, so I actually changed my five submissions like three times. I just started moving stuff into the second round, pulling stuff out of the third. And then I still have, uh, what is this, 13 songs that I'm picking between for the next two, three, next two rounds. So we'll see what happens. But with that, the songs I selected, oh shit, moved out one. Hold on, let me make sure I don't say it. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? No spoilers. I mean, you tip your hand and you might get caught up. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Because I definitely have some like little, <laughs> um, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. You'll see. Uh, so I sent. I am going to go ahead and call on this pod right now that in either the next round or the final round, Tim is going to bring out all the freestyles from Eight Mile. <laughs> <laughs> Not all. <laughs> I mean, just most. Just technically, most. technically, they count. So. Oh, they definitely count. Yeah, I checked. So. He wrote them all. <laughs> <laughs> seems legit to me. Uh, yes. Papa Doc. Uh, so I went with. 
cold wind blows from recovery. Um, my dad's gone crazy from the Eminem show. Soldier from the Eminem show. Rabbit Run from the Eight Mile soundtrack and his verse off of Forever. So, so before you go further, mm-hmm. when you first sent your list, I was really confused. But you just explaining what you explained makes a lot more sense to me because I kind of did the same thing. Because um, why, why were you confused? Yeah, because the list of songs you sent for this definitely was like I just pulled. It seemed like a favorites list necessarily, but then I thought of it from the perspective of oh, he's probably got some left in the chamber. From that perspective, oh, yeah. it made a lot more sense to me. But like, you explaining that, I appreciate you doing that because when you first sent it, I was like, now if I picked Eminem, I wouldn't have. I would have picked a lot of these songs as favorites, but as far as like lyrical ability, I wouldn't have gone there because like it also like makes me think like if those were what you put out there there then you have a lot left in the chamber and i'm like in my mind i'm thinking of i know some other songs i would have put and would have left tucked away too but just i was just saying i appreciated yeah. the kind of thoroughness you went with that yeah i definitely i ranked them and then i looked at my tens and i was like i need three tens in the third round if i make it there but i gotta spread some of these other ones out so that's what i mean i had a song that was in the first round the whole time until the day before and then i moved it so yeah I think that there's a little bit of gamesmanship on your part, Tim, because I looked at your original list and I was like, these are four out of five songs have appeared on like my Spotify yearly playlist (laughs) (laughs) in the decade after they were released. So, I mean, you got to play, right? You got to come out ready to win. You know who your audience is. So that was the other thing is thinking about what y'all would find lyrical. With Eminem is not so hard. When I started doing my prep for the other ver- rounds, there were, I was in the same boat where I was like, this is a song that I have loved for 10 years. And I was like, I think it's great lyrically, but they might just think it's confusing. Like Jay said, just because you're confusing don't mean that you're nice. But <laughs> it's kind of hard too with that because like it's almost like, well, like you said, like you think this person is lyrical, but different artists have different styles like people consider lyrical. Like I don't necessarily think, especially with these three guys, I think they're lyrical in three different ways. Like I don't expect Lil Wayne or Ludacris to be lyrical in the same way Eminem was lyrical because they just can't do some of the things Eminem can do. That doesn't mean they're more or less lyrical. It just means it comes off differently. Yeah, so, right. So. And there is a difference between delivery and lyrical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with Eminem to, I guess, as a negative for this, when I was thinking about like Wayne's verses when he's being like hyper aggressive and he's like, like there's a lot of punches and it's like very clear. Like you can pull out the line and say, look at this line. M doesn't have as much of that in his like mean songs. It's more the way he puts it all together. So I was listening to a couple of disses and I was like, this is mean. But like, if I just look at the words, it's well-crafted, it's lyrical in that way, but it's not like I'm going to pull out a line. Like, can you believe he said that? It's like the whole thing is all together. So it's interesting. It definitely made me think through like what I think lyricism is. I'm going to stop you before you give away my entire explanation when I talk about my stuff now, because I definitely <laughs> going to make that same point too. <laughs> I have a question for, actually, you know what? I'll save it for your segment, Charles, because I have a question about one of your songs. Okay. Word. Okay. Uh, I guess so, yeah. should, I was going to say, should we go through all and list all of our songs before we go through the breakdowns? Does that make sense? Or should we just... Sure. Let's just catch people up to what we picked. Okay. Um, do you want me to go next? Or you want to go? Q? You got it. Okay. So the songs I picked for Weezy F Baby, Please Say That Baby, the F is for Phenomenal, the F is for Frank Footer, the F is for Pizza, the F is for Pepperoni, the F is for Priceless, 
which was a Birdman album. Okay, as I digress. So, um, songs I picked. Um, my kind of philosophy, I kind of went the same way Tim went, where I, I kind of just did a super duper deep dive, which I'm familiar with Wheezy, but I went like all the way in and kind of just pulled everything that I thought of immediately before even listening to anything, um, which left me with a list of 40 songs. I realized I did not want to, I did not want to pull 40 songs to get Will Wayne all the way to the finals. So then I kind of cut off anything that I didn't really listen to. Once I did that, I still had like 30. <laughs> so once I did that, I was like, okay, I can make this work through the albums I wanted to do. Cause I knew kind of, I knew I was going to hit the range between the Carter series and the mixtapes that came out during that series, which was still like a lot of music to get to. And so at that point, it was just kind of picking out songs that like one, I felt comfortable defending and two, that kind of hit what we talked about as far as like what we all deem would be lyrical necessarily. And so uh, the main thing I've ran into an issue with, and since we're kind of talking about things we have problems with listening to that much Wayne and that segment, a lot of his stuff felt really dated to me, like the way, and it might just be his style of rap felt really dated. Cause like listening to like, I'm very much, I feel like between the three of us, I'm very much still kind of glued into like the specific hip hop that's coming out now besides the big weight guys with the, with the newer folks. And I, and I say that talking to Marcus a lot. I don't know a lot what Tim is listening to these days. So, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know why I'm catching strays for no reason. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a stray necessarily. Just it, because Chameleon Air is still in my like top 10 artists on Spotify <laughs> doesn't mean anything. But I was more saying from a perspective of I feel like I'm more glued into new releases and stuff like that than the two of you are necessarily. But yeah, from that perspective, and then to and that might not fully be true because I feel like Tim might be from a hip hop perspective. But anyway, so with that being said, listening to this Wayne and hearing like his hyper aggressive style necessarily, it works. But at the same time, it was like this is kind of harsh on the ears to a degree, and so it kind of made it hard for me to pull songs from. Um, and reading words just from lyrics didn't work at all. So I literally had to go listen to it and kind of felt the moment. And so with that, I came up with a list of about 20 songs that I kind of felt strong with to get me through. And so from there, I just kind of went straight from songs that I tried to go one song for each kind of body of work that he had and then pick a feature song. Um, I actually almost chose Forever as well, but I figured you would choose Forever for him. So I was like, I, that's going to be, I'm going to lose that as much as I love his verse. So I was like, you know what? Let me just throw that one away because I knew you had that in the tuck. Yeah, so, you know, any song that him and uh, Wayne are on, you know, might show up. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, yeah, no, and that's true. And there's there's another song that him and Wayne are on that I didn't put for the same reason. So are you serious? <laughs> another one? Who would have thought? <laughs> and so, and I and I do, and I do think that he holds up better in that one than he does for Forever. Forever is just the outlier of where everybody kind of got off, and him was the fortunate person that had the last verse. And so, and that's usually what happens in hip hop. So, anyway, um, just sorry. No, go it ahead. makes me think of his um verse on the Touch It remix where he popped out of his sleeping pill coma <laughs> in his post proof world and actually delivered a verse and everybody was like, Oh, M can still rap. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah there's a and kind of I don't want to break your thing up too much, but I had I had to burn like two albums. Because <laughs> I was going through and I was like, oh, I got so many albums. This is great. And I started listening through Relapse and I was like, I can't use any of this. <laughs> None of it. Not a single verse. But then he has random stuff he did in that time period where he like wiped all the dust off and was like, I can still rap and then fell back asleep. So, yeah, it's yeah. interesting time zone. Yeah. Just I know what the answer is because of what I picked. But 
Do you have any Eminem diss songs in the pocket? Do I have any? <laughs> I have cool. <laughs> several. <laughs> Is it more or less than five? Hold on. I'll tell you. Uh, uh, three, four. Well, there's so many songs of Eminem that aren't really diss songs, but they're kind of diss songs. <laughs> right, where people official, just start catching it. Yeah, official diss songs. I think I have three. And Soldier's sort of a diss song. So I definitely have three, like, this is a diss. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And the other so, thing I was, oh, I'm sorry, you go ahead, Q. I was just going to ask you what your songs were for Wayne. Oh, yeah, I should probably say that before I say this. But okay, so the songs I picked for Wayne were I picked Birdman JR from The Carter. I picked The Carter 2 from The Carter 2. I'm looking at my list. I picked um, Do Is What I Got from The Drought 3. I picked Let the Beat Build from The Carter 3. And then I picked um, We Take It Over from Wayne. Again, another kind of Wayne verse. And so, um, and I, I have beef with that one. But we'll get to that later. No, that's perfectly fine. And so, um, picking a feature, well, I did, I picked that feature because it was the one I felt the most comfortable throwing out in the first round. But Wayne has a crap ton of features to pick from, and I just didn't feel like going through all of them in the first round. So I was like, that's a solid. I feel comfortable with that. Um, the one other thing I kind of had difficulty with doing this, like, and all these rappers kind of have this problem where Luda, not Chris, not as much, but Em and Wayne both have a bunch of songs where they're just kind of allowed to get off raps and they don't have to worry about song structure. And I think it's really easy to be lyrical in those senses. And not that necessarily I think that those people lose points for that. I just think like, I think maybe from a looking at that perspective, that's something that should be taken into account as well. I think that, that proof positive of that point is actually the list that I put together for my artist, Ludacris, um, because I only put together, you guys have five songs each. We agreed on three to five, and I stuck with three because I thought it presented the best look of Ludacris in two features in the Major Look remix and the Stomp remix, and then his collab with Young Jeezy and Grew Up at Screw Up. I think that Eminem, or sorry, as opposed to Eminem and Wayne, Luda was much more focused on his song structure all the way through that era. And so there's not as many verses where he just goes in. Yeah, I I mean, I see what you're saying for sure. Because I, I did find myself, even with M's catalog, gravitating toward the, this song doesn't have a hook. He's just spazzing for two and a half minutes because it, like you said, it just sounds more lyrical. Like that's what cold wind blows was when I landed on it. I had two songs that had that energy where he's like kind of angry yelling sort of. And between the two cold wind blows doesn't, it doesn't have a hook in the whole song. It's just him rapping. So yeah, it definitely makes it easier to highlight lyricism when you have that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really want to let us know what you picked. Oh, of who won. Wait, what were you saying, Charles? Oh, I was going to say I really liked your list. Like, I liked your. I thought your list was very outside of the box, and I, I appreciate again you explaining it too. Because like when I did the, when I kind of I kind of did prep work trying to figure out what songs you guys would pick for these artists as well. And so, and again, Tim's list. I knew some of those songs would be in there. I just didn't know when he would arrange them. But I really didn't know where you would pull from Kaluta because just because I've listen to so much Luda and I felt like he could go, you could either take it really serious and try to pull stuff from his albums or pull for, cause Luda has quite the feature kind of catalog as well. And I feel he like, does. and I feel like he does a lot more of the lyrical stuff in his features than he does his own music. Cause he knows his bass too. Yeah. I think 
features, especially for Ludacris, allow him to get a little, have a little bit more leeway with his wordplay. And it also just brings a different type of energy. Yeah. But I'll get into all that in my yeah. segment. Okay. Oh, so back to me. Yes. So I'm just breaking down my songs. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And cool. letting us know what you picked. What I picked for a Give which- us the whole list first. Okay. And then one, thought, by one by one. I thought he gave us a list already. I don't remember them all. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Go ahead. <laughs> I definitely did, but it's cool. It's cool once again. <laughs> Cold Wind Blows. And uh, pay attention to the spread, because Recovery, all the way back to Eminem's show, he has a, he has a good little range here. But anyway, Cold Wind Blows- from Recovery, uh, Soldier from the Eminem Show, Rabbit Run from the Eight Mile soundtrack, My Dad's Gone Crazy from the Eminem Show, and the Forever Verse, Eminem's Forever Verse from Drake's Song Forever. So those are the ones that I went with. So when I was going through, um, obviously the Forever Verse is easy because it's kind of basically what you just said about Luda. It's a feature song. Obviously, M gets up when somebody else that can rap is featured, foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> anytime like his anytime somebody else that has lyrical ability is on a song m shows up even when he was in whatever he was in for that period of time so when i listen to that verse that's like your classic this is a lyrical verse he has a unique uh cadence in that and then he changes up his tempo a couple of different times so i thought that was a really good example of just what he's capable of and then the other ones my dad's gone crazy he has substance and he says it in a lyrical way if you listen to that last verse, it's ridiculous. Like what he's actually saying and then that he's able to put it together the way that he does, bananas. So now for this, so y'all y'all want to get into the weeds? You want me to pull out like this is what he said here, this couplet kind of thing, or are we just keeping it kind of um, It's up to you. However you want to do it, it's fine. I have actual verses that I was going to include in my argument, but we don't necessarily have to do it that way. I think it, you, I feel like it helps us more than it helps you to do it that way. It helps y'all? I would say I feel like Eminem's from a storytelling perspective kind of speaks a lot for himself. Truth. I say present it in whatever way you think is going to get you the win. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. 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 You were talking real spicy earlier, so. Let's oh, go. no, <laughs> I am very comfortable. Like, don't mistake. <laughs> Just because my hands are in front of my face and I'm pondering things. It's not about whether or not I can get the W. Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, one of y'all go and then I'll pull out my things differently. <laughs> I was just going to go general, but it sounds like that'll be what y'all want. So go Okay. Ahead. I mean, that's fine. All right. Since you're throwing this up in the air, you have to choose which one of us goes then. Well, I have more songs, so I'll go. Okay. There you go. All right. And I have uh, questions for Marcus when he does his, which might be beneficial to have at the end. So. All right. I'm just going to go in the order of the songs I did, and I'll just do the first song first. Um, Birdman JR on the Carter um, came out in 2004, so it meets our criteria. Um kind of sets the standard for Wayne kind of growing into this, like he's not just this kid rapper anymore, which is what the Carter series was about in general. You see a lot more of Wayne kind of just rapping about his experiences and the way he's trying to elevate himself. Doesn't really get all the way there to the Carter too, but the Carter was just the first coming of that. And this was a song that was like, Oh, okay. He really can do this rap thing. And so um, I pulled two verses for this. This whole song is just, it was my gym workout for months and months and months. Um, so, but yeah. Um, so the verse I'm going to kind of highlight is, and I got two pockets of bars. So real shit. I'm ducking bombs like a drug Lord. No religion, but the cops swear that I'm a drug Lord. Father, forgive them for they know not who they pushing Lord. Father, forgive me. So I have to send them to your Lord. 
I'm trying to dodge the shots that they send to the God. They're riding up Highway to Heaven Boulevard. Again, not too wordy, but just delivery and the kind of way he gets from point A to point B, I find impressive. Um, even more impressive is kind of sort of the ending sequence of that s- sequence is don't confuse me with the law. Nah, but just confuse me with my pa because I am the Birdman JR. I ain't tripping nigga. I play the corner like ripkin nigga with the 40 cal ripping nigga, ripping nigga. Like, and with that, that's where you kind of get the wordplay where you, yes, go ahead, Marcus. I'm just going to throw out the inaccuracies to the baseball reference that <laughs> bothered me. Cal Ripken at third base was a terrible idea. He should have retired two years earlier. But continue. Yeah. It's, it's a bad example to use on Wayne's part. You, uh, well, and I think that, that goes into a bigger conversation of folks just throwing sports references just by the people being known. And Cal Ripken, and then 2004, he was, he was, I think, I don't know if he was retired or still playing. You would more know that more than I was. But he definitely was a pretty well known player at that point in black and white circles. So I think that's why. Honestly, he probably used it because it rhymed. Let's keep it a buck. <laughs> I mean, if we look at Wayne's track record with sports references, anybody who rhymes could be he had Payton, Steve Largent. Like he was like, it don't matter if you know who it is. You can look it up afterwards. I'm going to throw him in here. He's sitting there on baseball reference, just searching names that rhyme with. Yeah. But I think the point of it was him more saying like he's not tripping because he he clearly is comfortable on the corner and he's not worried being on the corner because he has the 40 and he won't be afraid to rip someone while he's on the corner. So. Uh, do we want to talk about inaccuracies here? Because Wayne was never on the corner. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Can we? Well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, Wayne was definitely not on the corner, but Wayne spent his entire career making songs about not about being on the corner where he was. Yeah, the corner. I'm fine so. with the song. I'm just saying, if we're going inaccuracies, he's been a rapper oh, yeah. since he was 12, and he didn't. Oh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, and Go Birdman ahead. wouldn't have put him in that spot. So yeah, but exactly. that's it. I mean, this is a good thing. This is not to take yeah. away from Wayne. This is a positive. But I'm just fair enough. It. But yeah, so that that's Birdman Jr. Again. You, you guys all know it. I'm not going to break down the full song, but those are the, the bars I pulled from that specific song. So, yeah. They're strong bars. Yes, absolutely. That's undeniable. Absolutely. Are you giving us some Luda? Stop. Oh, I thought you were oh, going to go through the rest I of your joints. You doing your whole oh, thing. I didn't know I was doing my whole thing. I thought I was just going to do one at a time. Okay. No. All right. I'm going to go through in, your joints. In that case, I will do... Um, Next verse, kind of a shocker for me. Um, listening to the Carter 2, uh, again, I think the Carter 2 is the best body of work Wayne has um, from an album standpoint. Um, I, there's, I may or may not have a bunch of Carter two songs on this list, but um, I landed on the Carter two intro um, interlude specifically because it just felt out the box, you know, like looking around at the different songs in there, I was like, well, I can pull this song, but that's going to be expected or I can throw this song. And even that's kind of a curveball, but just like, the way he's kind of spinning on the Carter 2, he's got this whole, um, well, the Carter 1 was New Jack City. This was definitely him kind of going into the Scarface mode with the Carter 2. And so first I pulled, I was going to say, look around, we at war, you still in preparation. I'm riding for the reparations, no patience. Slow paper is better than no paper. Fast money don't last too long, you got to pace it. You got to know that paper. If you don't got it from a caper, you got to blow that paper. Got to know that photophobia, no Kodak moments, feed the walls with my pictures on them. So... Oh, I just saw your message. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and it's again, it's just Wayne kind of going in that zone where he's doing the storytelling thing, but it's from necessarily not to get you to a point where you can see a standalone story. It's more of telling his standalone story necessarily. So that's how I pulled the Carter too, in that reference. 
And so I think this is an interesting poll for you. Oh, how so? Um, I just very, I expected you to pick fly in. For I agree. I agree. I when you put it on there, I assumed it was fly in, and I didn't even pay attention <laughs> <laughs> until I started listening to it. Go ahead, Marcus. I just I know that I do, and I assume that y'all had a strong affinity for that song with fly in doing its storytelling things. I have a really random memory of sitting next to Charles in a like religion one hundred and one class, and. Just in the margins of my notebook was the entire purse from Fly In (laughs) that I just spent a semester writing in the entire thing. The Carter 2 is, I mean, it's a really strong song. I don't, I think you're right in that it is him telling his story. I just think that it, it falls flat compared to some of his other works, which I don't even know is necessarily fair in this competition to compare an artist to themselves. You know? Well, I think that's part of the decision-making process of what songs you pull, too. And uh, if you pull something, like, like even the two verses you pull, you pull one verse here, and then you say you pull this verse there, maybe you should have led with that first verse and then built it from there, too. So that's part of the process as well. So That's a very good point. Yeah. And I thought about that as well, but I'm just reading the way it's ordered on my paper. (laughs) <laughs> makes sense it's the easiest way to read things yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it the way Marcus did I think it's an impressive song to pick I think all of his like the intro outro joints he did he's he has bars in all of them and they're what we were talking about they're they're hookless and it's just him going for a while so he really gets you know what I mean so I, I assume all of those are going to be good selections not that I'm trying to give you ammo if you weren't planning on doing that now you can't because it's my idea copyright laws <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying I mean, and I and I appreciate you saying that. It just when I was pulling from that, like when I was making my entire list, it felt like I was cheating because I was doing that. <laughs> Did you not feel that? Fair. <laughs> and, and based on the rules that we've said, it's not. But like from a grand scheme perspective, if we're looking at a big picture, which we're not, but still like, and that's what makes some of the people that like maybe aren't listed that we could could talk about later that much more impressive. Like people that kind of stayed within the strong the song structure spectrum. And still were able to always be lyrical while doing so. Yeah. So, but yeah. I think it's very true that all of us actually very much so value diversity in our music. And so nobody was going to show up with the same type of song over and over and over again to try and prove this. I think we all felt strong enough in our artists to really go through a wide breadth of music, except for me, because. My ludicrous verses are very similar. Eh, I feel like uh, I guess we'll get into it. The major look verse is a little bit different. I feel like than they're the li- grew up a screw up verse, but it's very much the same as the stomp verse. I will say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So sticking with the order, um, next we're gonna go to the mixtapes. Um, we're gonna go the the drought three, which was kind of the last. Well, next, if you count, I would consider No Ceilings as the last of this 2010 mixtape, 2000-2010 mixtape run. But um, Do Is is What I Got off of the Carter, no, I'm sorry, the Drought 3. It actually was, anyway. So, Do Is What I Got off the Drought 3. Do y'all know kind of the story behind the Drought 3, necessarily? The The short version of, so basically what happened, when the Wayne was recording the Carter three originally 
he got locked up. And so he got locked up. He had all these songs sitting. He came out and basically just said, some of this leaked. So we're going to just release all of this and then put it back out. Obviously, this isn't one of those songs, but that's kind of the story. So basically, he redid the whole album. And then it got released. So kind of impressive. Um, I kind of went super cheesy with this verse, but I thought just in the grand scheme of we're having a competition, we're having a debate, this verse kind of resonated with me a lot. Um, so he goes, and when this comes down to this recording, I must be LeBron James if he's Jordan. No, I want rings for my performance. I'm more Kobe Bryant of an artist. Same coach, same game. Been starting, same triangle offense. Um, so this, no no storytelling involved whatsoever. This is very much point blank. You, if you don't get these references, this is not the competition for you. Like he's very much, and and granted, this goes back to the dated conversation too, because clearly LeBron has won three titles since, since then. But at the time when he delivered, it was like, oh, okay, like, Clearly, this is who I'm trying to be. This is the offense we're running, and it kind of it rolls and it works. So that's how I ended up with doing what I got off the drop three in 2007. So do y'all have comments nice. on that one? I mean, great verse. Yeah, I, I remember that song. I remember thinking to myself, damn, Wayne can actually say that was when I said he can say he's the best rapper alive, and you can't you can't say he doesn't have an argument. I don't, you know, whether you think he was the best or not, when he made that song, I was like, he went at the dude who was saying is the best for those of us that were saying Jay was the best, which is most of us at that time. And he acquitted himself. So that was the one where I was like, oh, okay. All right. There, there is a legitimate, like, if someone comes and says Wayne is the best rapper alive, I'm like, oh, all right. Fair enough. And he also, yeah, no. he flipped Q's favorite Jay-Z song. It's top five in his catalog, right? I was telling Tim, as soon as the beat comes on, I just cringe. And I, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's such a good song. I don't know. It's weird because in my mind, like, if, and me and Clarissa actually had this conversation. This is a sidebar. But, like, if we all lived in Florida, there's no doubt in my mind you and Aaron would have a boat. Not because you like being on boats, because you like the idea of us being together on a boat as friends. I think nah, dog. No, I don't do water like that. I know you don't do water like that, but the idea of us all being together on a boat listening to rap music would be too much of a pull sure. side. But I can also rent boats. Oh, well, yeah, that's true as well. I but, just, and, you know, once every three months, we'll rent a boat, go out, listen to rap music, come back and get lunch. But that's what and, and that's what this song is made for. Not particularly Wayne's version of this song, but this particular song. Charles, yeah. <laughs> if this song plays on a boat, one of us is leaving the boat. It might be me. It might be you. But one of us is going. Even if I play the Wayne version? Yeah. It's so if weird. If you play the Wayne version, I'm just going to sit there and glare at you salty for three minutes. It's so weird to me, though, because, like, and you're going to hate that I'm going to say this, but the Rock Boys has the exact same vibe as this song, but, and you love that song, so I don't understand why you <laughs> just say you sit back. First off, Wale Rock Boys is better than Jay-Z's Rock Boys all day. Yes, well, we can have this conversation, Charles. I'm just gonna go back. I'm just gonna go back and listen to it while they just. I was about to say I'm gonna listen to it while y'all talking. Continue. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember Wale's rock boys. I think I remember. I don't know if I remember it being better, but I have a complicated relationship with Jay Z's rock boys. I love the video a lot more than I love the song. So, I mean, the concept of the video was great and led to nothing. That's also true, but that's another debate about videos leading to nothing in general. But like, it's also my least favorite song off American Gangster, so I'm not really here to argue too much. So Wait, one of my least favorite songs, not the least. Let me not say that before you go dig to the whole track list. I'm just saying, American Gangster is an underrated album. 
Do you think it's underrated? I think it's I think it's top four in this catalog. I hear people say that in general. Top top four and five. And now we'll just go ahead and put this Jay-Z conversation <laughs> scheduled for a later podcast. Yeah, that's fine. That's <laughs> because fine. this is gonna take a while to hash. We out. can keep it moving. All right. Um, so we'll next go to I don't know if this is technically in sequential order. Oh, it is. All right. Um, we take an oververse off of Khaled's debut, We the Best. Um and I actually um I mean, I'm not gonna read the verse. You you guys know the verse. So um I pulled He's to be yeah. Yeah, I'm just not going to read it. Okay, um, I know, Q, you had some comments on this, so I'm just going to let you get to it. So. Well, so, once again, a monstrous verse from Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Wayne, and I don't remember what mixtape it was on, Wayne also did a freestyle. Yep, he did. Over it. He did. And I'll take that freestyle over this verse almost every, time. every day. Every time. Every day. Me, me, it's all about me. If a girl got a voice and she's talking about me, he said, she said, I said, me will be in the MIA me. So me. I guess that's the part. Yeah. So I guess my rebuttal <laughs> to that is if he did a freestyle to this same song, mm-hmm. that's not this song and they're two separate entities, which could mean it might come both. up, which mean it may come up later as opposed to throwing it out in the first round. Fair enough. And I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. I do have comments on this as well. Yes, I love this verse when it came out. When I listened to it recently, I was like, this verse is not as good as I thought it was, <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's style. I think it was style. One, Wayne was on, that was when he was on that tear, where it didn't matter. He could have come on the on the beat and said, and we would have been like, oh, you know what I'm saying? It's the nuance of where if you look at the time between the bops and the bops. So I think that had an impact, but. I remember loving this verse, and then I listened to it today, like right before we got on here, and I was like, "It's straight," but like, he doesn't really do anything super clever. So, so, and I will say, this was the verse that made me like go, "Oh, this sounds really dated." But this was also, like you said, when Wayne was on that tear, when he was just got out of jail, and they had he had gone, him and Birdman had basically bought a house in Miami and were living the they're from Miami lifestyle, and so the video itself lends a strong pairing to the verse. You are absolutely right about that. Yeah. If you want to talk about stuff that we would play on a boat down here in Florida, that would be the one that would be blaring. Yeah. Yeah. After T-Pain, I'm on a boat. I guess that's the only island, but that's all I'm saying. I feel like that's the starting Um, song on the boat. Right. That's 100% the start. (laughs) You hit it when you're you're carrying out. We'll get some We Taking Over. Mm-hmm. But when we yeah, get sure. onto the boat, there's there's bottles of champagne, and I'm on a boat, right? As like the first celebration to get it settled. I just looked back at the. I have the lyrics pulled up for that verse, and yeah, it, it's worse <laughs> when you just look at the lyrics. Yep, I'm like I'm like <laughs> I'm untamed. I need a leash. I'm insane. I need a shrink. I love brain. I need a leech. Why complain on Easy Street? I'm like, yeah, I love Why brain. I need it? a leech. Like but how do you like your Sprite? Easter pink. Like that, I actually like that bar. Like that, I'm like, okay, I say how you did that, but then so, I have more jewels than your jeweler. So the second half of that verse is a lot better than the first half. I don't know if that makes it that much better, but like the second is half is actually what I'm, it is. No, the second half is significantly better than the first half. The delivery of the first half is better, but as far as like if you're talking about the way he got to the different points, like, although he does use medulla in the verse which some people would call witty i just think it's he needed the rhyme there 
And it doesn't rhyme. I hate slant rhymes. I know rappers do this, but I really hate slant rhymes. Oh, come on, man. Do you hate rap? And Tim, how do you feel about slant rhymes? Listen, we're not, we're not getting into this. <laughs> like, rap is full of slant Like, I don't understand how you I know, slant rhymes. But it really... It Otherwise, really we're back in the 70s and it's, hey, I got my hat. Then I went outside and I kicked the cat. Goddamn, I got some schmutz <laughs> on my Adidas. Like, <laughs> okay, I hate when good rap. I hate when good rappers slant mine. Let me be specific. I don't care when everybody else does it. Like, but it, if, but it annoys me like if Kendrick's spinning a verse and he uses a slant rhyme because I know Kendrick can go find the actual rhyme. The slant rhyme is the quick is the quick cut. Oh, I, I need I need the slant rhyme. Although, it, yeah, I feel like that's when you get those like. Yeah, it, I know it's a silly thing to be annoyed about because it's not going to stop me from listening to rap music. I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. That's just how I feel about it. I'm offended on behalf of Kendrick Lamar. Just right now, I just want to let you know. But I admitted that I'm wrong to be upset about this. I just want to be upset about it anyway. And on behalf of Kendrick, <laughs> I'm mad that you're wrong <laughs> about this. Fair enough. <laughs> Your wrongness um, offends me. Are you? Do you have another I mean, song, or are we? Yeah, I got. I got one more. Okay, all right. Um, the last song. I, I stapled this. I stapled this damn thing wrong. Um, the I don't. I just realized that. Um, the last song was "Let the Beat Build" off the Carter Three. Came out in two thousand eight. Wildly considered Wayne's most successful album commercially. Um, I have a lot of backlog about that. But anyway, let me just read the verse. So, um. Believe that, like a true story. Rims big, make the car look like it's two stories. If I hop out, that'd be suicide. No back seats. I call it paralyzed. I don't have a spine. I don't fantasize. I mastermind. Then go after mine. You see the handle. I handle mine. I told those who bots bitches hammer time. So, again, it's one of those verses too where like Wendy isn't even really telling a story. He's actually being witty with his wordplay, and it's very like short, like not too deep, not too thought provoking. But I think it just kind of works with what he's doing. So, and that's another one of those songs where this one does have a hook, but he still manages to do the thing where he's just kind of rapping really well. Yeah. Showing that I, it is possible to do that. I was surprised you picked this one. Yeah. Oh, I, I was very song. surprised. This is, I was surprised. This is maybe, this is probably a top five Wayne song for me all time. I like love this song. No, I love this song. <laughs> and very that's why interesting. I, blink, I think there's two Let the Beat builds, right? Because he had a mixtape yep. version and then he had this version. And I like three to four times, I like the mixtape version way better. So when you put it on here, I thought it was a mixtape version. And then I listened to it and I was like, it's a fine verse for sure. There's no, it's not a deficient verse. I had trouble finding the mixtape version on YouTube. Mm, mm, and so okay. that's why I didn't do it. And I'm pretty sure I have the mixtape on my hard drive. But I didn't want to go dig my old hard drive out to get it for this. <laughs> least not yet anyway so but yeah gotcha. no, that's that one um it was hard picking a song like there's a few songs from the carrier three um i generally picked out this one for the first round just because i felt really good about my other ones should i be able to discuss wayne later on so yeah fair enough and i think i'll walk i'll walk back that top five wayne songs take for me but i do really enjoy this song. yeah it was a little strong i do look it that song i have an emotional attachment to that song i do from college so I will admit that it's kind of like for the longest time I hated blueprint three because the girl I was dating at the time when it came out and released and then broke up with just ruined. Blue- I mean, I'm good now, but it kind of ruined it for me. Cause I couldn't listen to it for months. You let a woman get in between you and Jay-Z. No. Um, not necessarily, but she said that, um, it, okay, let me backstory this. The first time, Empire State of Mind was was performed on MTV. She said it was trash. 
I understand how folks feel about it now, but you can't do that the first time it's performed on that live TV. And me stay with you. Is that why y'all broke up? Hey, like, yes. That exact, okay. <laughs> Wait. So you broke up. Was it the Jonas Brothers line in particular? Or no, no, no. I broke up because she called it trash. I knew we were going nowhere. Despite the fact that it was actually trash. It's not trash. It's its own meant for a moment. And it works in that moment. And it doesn't work outside of that moment. It's a song that sounds like Jay-Z wanted it to play after every Yankees win. I would, yeah, that's true. It, it's probably not just it's probably not just applicable to the Yankees, but the Yankees are the one New York team that seems to consistently win, so it more mostly applies to them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree with that assessment at all. The Mets had dreams at some point, but that failed. Yeah, it's it's weird to me that the Nets can't be more successful. Not, they're not like the Jets. Like I feel like the Net, well, their front office is trash, and their front office has always not been great. But the Jets, yeah, I just don't enough. know. Anyway, this isn't a sports conversation so let's not do sports we'll get back to the sports conversation you got really a close little bit there. you gonna do the touch dance <laughs> you just got I'm really gonna, close to the screen i'm plugging <laughs> in my computer <laughs> Fair so <enough>. i don't <laughs> disappear <laughs> all right well, all right that, so, that wraps me up so if anybody else wants to i'll head this up um i mean that's a real strong list charles so i knew that i had an uphill battle Looking at the first people in this first round going up against Eminem and Lil Wayne, who were absolutely just crushing in their primes at this point. And so when I went to look at Ludacris, I tried to find things that would make him places where he stood out and really kind of brought a lot of energy and a lot of rhymes in a short area. Um, there are There's definitely an emotional pick in here. But I started back in 2002 with the Made You Look remix with Nas. This one, I think he came in super strong. And we're still dealing with a ludicrous that's early in his career and trying to not only make his own name, but also represent for Atlanta. And show that Atlanta has lyricists. And it's not just Big Boy and Andre that can rap. So I picked a quick... Actually, the lyrics I picked were from the very top of his verse. Where he starts in with, I'm from the school of hard knocks, sneaks, peaks, and low blows. Where X's mark spots and kitchen's mark O's. Where love's gonna get you and hay's gonna snitch you. And finger squeeze triggers like boa constrictors. Which I thought was a nice little piece. And I love that Ludacris comes in super high energy on what was a high energy song and kind of steps up to the plate and just takes his swing. Yeah, I um, he's getting a charger, apparently. So um, I've a bunch of times called this my favorite um, Ludacris verse ever. And one of the best remix verses of this time frame, like. This was the verse that kind of made the people that already didn't see Ludacris as a serious lyricist kind of take him as a serious lyricist. To get on the song with Nas and Jadakiss and do this, it kind of stamped him as a oh, it kind of stamped him as a serious hip hop artist in the time frame where people necessarily didn't take him seriously. Fair or not, they didn't take him seriously. But this kind of bookended him being like, okay, yeah, he's 
that guy and got that cosign of being that guy in hip hop at the time. And so, yeah, he um he knocked this one all the way out the park. There's nothing really else to say about it. It kind of works. And like he does some he does a semblance of this on other verses. But as far as like features, this is by far his strongest feature verse. I agree with that for the most part. I mean, I don't I don't think this is uh, his best verse because I think Luda has some really, really, really good verses that I was surprised at your selection is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, OK, considering the ra- considering who you're up against. Right. So me right. planning it out. I don't know if you held stuff in the tuck in the event that somehow you beat him and Wayne. If I was you, I'd have just fired, <laughs> fired everything. <laughs> just you know, everything, yeah, all everything we got first round, just try to. So I was surprised at a couple of songs and one of them I actually pulled up that you didn't pick. But I do agree with Charles in that that verse with who was on the song, being that it was Nas and Kiss. And then Luda's not supposed to be, you know, at that time, he's not supposed to be in that that category. He's in a different zone. You know right. what I mean? And then he came on there and he showed out. So I thought that was especially how we ended it. So that and Stomp, he has a skill with putting the right last bar on there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the transition because my second song that we're going to discuss here is the Stomp remix where Ludacris famously just undressed T.I. and sent him home. It just it, it was a dismantling of a beef before it really even got started. And we have since seen the petty, petty and long-standing ways that T.I. loves to beef in the fact that this first just put an end to it from the start. I, I can go through lyrics. I feel like everybody knows them at this point. Can, um, can you go through the second half of that verse just because I would like to hear it again? Please. please. Uh, the, I got the last four bars if you want. Yeah, that, that, that works. That works. We can do that. Yeah. Okay, so the... The last four bars that are aimed directly at Clifford Harris. So pimping be easy. Quit catching feelings because you're worth a couple hundred grand and I'm worth millions. Nobody thinking about you plus your beef ain't legit. So please stay off the T.I.P. of my dick. See, he didn't even have to do the second set of bars there. He could have said stop that man. I'm worth millions and walked away. But he just wanted to all the way get his point across. Yeah. In case, you think, in case you're thinking I'm talking about somebody else, let me go ahead and say your name real quick. Yeah. Hey, he, he basically, he left a dead body in the street. <laughs> like, stop kicking him, Luda. He's already out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do y'all, um, oh, so nice. is, that, is that version with T.I. and Ludacris on, like, anywhere? That's- it's not on an album. So I thought it was on. I thought it was on Welcome to Cashville or, or Buck's first album originally. I don't think they got the remix verses in in time for it to be on uh, the album originally. So it must have been on when the song got dropped, and it was just you could download it somewhere. Because I need to figure. I've been trying to find that song for years with like Ludic- with Ti and because Ludic- Ti's verse is a good verse. It is. And it is a B plus disc verse. Where T.I. did his thing and then just got crushed by and, I mean, and, to be and fair, did extra credit. He really only said the one line. It's just the one line you could not, it could not be anybody else he was referencing, but that one person. Like he was very intent with what he did. Yeah. During the King of the South thing and then saying me getting beat down, that's ludicrous. Like you know what you do. Mm, yeah, bro. It's just and then it's what we just talked about. Like what like I was saying Marcus should have done. Luda just came all the way. Like T.I. was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little jab, throw, you know, throw a little combo, get my distance. And Luda was like, fuck that. I'm gonna bite your ear off. How about that? 
<laughs> and I and I think that goes goes back to too with people thinking Luda was sweet because of where he was from and what he was rapping. And more of more with the TI thing, what he was rapping about. I think TI thought Luda was sweet and got Up really sweet. At this point, Luda had a lot of fun rapping. Mm-hmm. And even Luda was very has always been very aware of his past and that he's not necessarily while he's been in the streets, he's not like that in the streets. And so he doesn't really make those claims until it becomes this point. Right. And then he just goes all the way in. So until he got here, he hadn't really had to do it to anyone. And T.I. forced his hand. Yeah. Got cleaned up. I still think it's funny, like, years later. Like, you remember on I'm Talking to You, where T.I. was, like, had it out with Chris, was still my nigga sat down, civilized. And then he said, "But so I never got served. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump your brakes. You, you got served, <laughs> bro. It happened. We all heard it. We saw it. Just because yeah. it's not on an album doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think he tried his best to, like, er- make everyone look the other way. Because, no, it's not – it wasn't even – everybody talked about the verse, and then it just fizzled out. You never really heard <laughs> he was trying his best to, like, move on from that. Because that is probably the quickest cut I've ever seen to a beef, where it was like, you came here, you said what you said, I hit it, same song, and then it's done. You're not going to say another word. We're not going to hear anything else about it. Other than when he says, you know, I'm I'm friends with Ludacris on what was that TI versus TIP, where I think he threw in a couple bars. He was like, "We cool, y'all. Please don't bring that up again." And then they did songs together too, but doesn't he write? Yeah, back yeah. I mean, Meek and Drake were on together years after Drake did back to back. It's like doesn't mean you didn't get served on back to back. It just means you grew. I mean, Meek Meek knows what happened. Everybody, we all know. Everybody knows. If I Meek Meek said back to back was dope. I don't know if I. We spent that an entire summer playing that song, <laughs> <laughs> and I played it two times every time. I don't yep. know if that's what he meant, but that's what I did. I played it back to back. <laughs> Just doubled up in all the playlists yeah. for no reason. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, my third song for Luda was "Grew Up a Screw Up," uh, his collab with Young Jeezy. It's one of my personal favorite Ludacris verses. If you want to talk about painting a picture and kind of telling a story, he does a great job with telling kind of the story of Ludacris while adding that braggadocious Luda flair to it. Uh, And so he starts out with, this is actually a super long excerpt. I basically picked half of the first verse to go with here. But ever since I was an embryo waiting to shape up and shift out, something in my brain said, wake up and kick out. Roberta and Wayne stayed up and flipped out. Because when I came, I was draped up and dripped out. Snipped the umbilical, spit the government chip out. Peace up, A-Town down, and then I dipped out. And oh my gosh, the Oshkosh was picked out. I slipped in, even my baby stroller was tricked out. I love that section. It's just to actually sit there. And go from before you were born to your stroller and just say, I've always been this fly is hilarious to me and just well-crafted. Yeah, I, I really like that verse, too. Um, I like the fact that Luna didn't do too much of the I'm flyer than you rapping. But when he did it, it was really effective. And maybe it was more effective because he didn't do it that often. Like he didn't really miss with those type of verses like. I'm sitting here trying to think of other songs that he necessarily did it on. 
where he's just like, this is me and I am, I am him, you know? When there wasn't a woman involved anyway. I feel like he did it a bunch with women involved, too. So He did do a lot of it with women involved. It's I mean, basically his favorite thing. He basically hired Bobby Valentino to help him make those songs and then got rid of him. Like, <laughs> he's like, I need you for like three songs real quick. Let's go. Very fair point. <laughs> so those are my three for Luda. I think it paints him as being able to storytell, having the ability to stand with what we feel are some of the greatest lyricists of all time on his own and just general creativity and also not to be messed with in a diss battle at all. Solid lift, sir. Very solid. I, and not that, you know, once again, I don't want to foreshadowing or any, foreshadow or anything like that, but did you consider coming to America? <laughs> yes. Because when this battle came up, I was like, first song I'm doing, coming to America. <laughs> that was the first joint that came into my head. After song. Was it? Comp was first. Then <laughs> coming to America. <laughs> there were some things that I threw around, but I felt like it all didn't flow together to make like a cohesive argument, which I probably was a little bit too concerned about. So gotcha. y'all better prepare for next week. <laughs> I I just, and part of this is because I'm a big Luda fan. Like when I do my personal top five, Luda's usually my five. You, you might catch me on a certain week when I don't know, push might slip in, but Luda's usually my five. So I that's just what leap years are for. Exactly. Right. Eh, yeah. Uh, but I just want to read part of his coming to America verse because I think it's really, really good. So that ludicrous verse, uh, the first verse is crazy. So I'm just going to run through what he says in that verse. And then I'll, I'll be able to explain different points where I was like, damn it, he can actually rap out here. So he does uh, these bitches throwing rose petals at my feet, man. They want to spoil me, treating me like royalty. What am I supposed to do? It's such a sweet thing. Work that track, whip them like Kunta. That's why they stay down the loyal citizens of Zamunda. And then style comes in here because the way he hit Zamunda, it really, that first, that little front part, I was like, all right, we in for something, right? So then he goes on to say, by way of ATL, if you disagree, don't even look at me, ho, don't pass go, just go straight to jail. With no probation or bail, but it's ain't Monopoly. It's Jolly Green Giants because we smoke so much broccoli. Just the way that he pulls it all together, the flow, the smoothness, it's just, I mean, and the verse continues on that way. Like there's more and more. He mentions SpaghettiOs and makes it work, which I don't think many rappers can do. So I was just very impressed with this verse and it's all the way through. I mean, you can pick whatever section you want to pick. Um, and he really comes hard on that whole thing. So I'd have picked that one for sure. Like first ballot. Yeah. I will say, and this can be, we can sidebar. Ludacris has a strong argument for the best intro rapper of all time. Like a real, and that is something that we could actually I have. wholeheartedly disagree with you. And I will Ooh. show you next week. Ooh. Okay. I, uh, oh well, well I just said I just said he has a strong argument. I didn't say he, he's my he pick. can have an argument, yeah. but he is not. No, no. I, have, I, I just have a quick question. I mean, is I, King yeah. Push the first song on that album? Yes. Is what? King Push is. King Push? Yeah. Yes. And if you know, you know it's the first song off Daytona. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Like he I can't said, use Daytona, but yes. Well, well no, that. I'm just speaking like Pusher T's Pusher T also has our Pusher T between his clip stuff and his single stuff, yeah. He has an argument as well. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm not going to speak on it because yeah, there's a list for next week. That no, it's is, fine. Uh, you're good. You're good. No, exquisite. <laughs> I think I'm going to add a little bit of credence to your argument because the other verse that I thought about third was undisputed off of mm. Theater of the Mind, oh, and that is I'm pretty sure the intro on that album. Mm. So I'm going to go. I, I'm not sure for this. I listened to Theater of the Mind, and I was confused as to I wondered if I should take either Undefeated or uh, do it for hip hop off of that because he spits on both of those yeah there is an intro before undisputed tim i was i was pretty sure there was one well i stand corrected but that is a verse that i would have picked or a song the title goes back to king push okay fair enough fair enough are you saying that push is oh you know what we can have a long-winded conversation about that later but I think they're both strong contenders. I think there will be no conversation. I'm going to end it next week. Oh, I promise oh, you, I'll end it. Next okay, week. All right. so now with I what I have in store. More homework. Now, look, I mean, I really, I really, really love push. So I push, yeah. You, okay, so for the listeners, I'm just going to put this in context. Next week's battle is Joe Budden and Lupe Fiasco and Pusha T. And you are talking spicy, spicy too. Oh, I'm talking very spicy <laughs> because I have to put up a fight. We're going up against two of Tim's favorite artists. Top two. His top two. So to have a chance at getting a vote out of him, I have to bring nothing but absolute heat. And I plan to do just that. That's uh, absolute facts. Now they are. And I will say, I'm trying my I'm gonna try my best. Obviously, I'm representing Lupe next round, so I'm gonna have a case that I think is strong. But when it comes to Joe, I'm gonna try my best to be like just based on these verses. Very, very, very curious to see what Charles picks. So I and I know we're looking ahead a little bit to next week, and we don't need to do that right now in the middle of this conversation, but I'm very interested to see what you, Tim, think of the verses that Charles ends up picking. I am too. I think that's going to be a very interesting point of contention, yeah. just like the way I've been judging your Eminem list. <laughs> Eminem list. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I absolutely so. knew that. I knew that going into it, and probably. The I mean, same you way. sent a list of here's five tracks from your favorite artists. I'm going oh, to judge. I mean, that's list. fair. I, I fully plan on doing the same thing for Jay Z and Jay Kiss. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit worried about getting a Charles approved list ready for Jay Z. I feel like. Well, I think. Like you said, we don't need to go all the way into it, but I feel like y'all are kind of in the... Y'all look at Jay the same way. I don't know if me and Charles look at Joe the same way. We don't, don't because we clearly... No, I, mean, I don't think, I don't think we look... We, I think and New York State of Mind. I think we have very different Jay-Z taste. American gangster. I really do. I'm learning something new. Actually, yeah, we have very, very different Jay-Z taste. Maybe actually, be being the Nas person, I just felt like y'all were always on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably cool. true. <laughs> that's probably true. All right, I guess All right, but no. All right, but I need to get into M, correct? Yes. It's about that time. <laughs> All right. So um, basically, and I kind of explained it already, but my thing was, and it's going to be my thing on all these rounds, Eminem can do everything. There's not a whole lot of artists that can do every kind of rap. He can be aggressive in a diss song. He can just be technical in the way he puts his rhyme schemes together. He can do a hell of a story song and he can be introspective. So I'm kind of trying to represent everything in every section. So I have like, these are my story songs and I'm going to plug them in here, blah, blah, blah. 
So I say that to say that's where I got rabbit run from. Oops, sorry about that. It's my mother. Don't blame me. It's my mama. <laughs> that sounded like the beginning of Baby Shark. I know it wasn't. But <laughs> also it a quality song. If Baby Shark was in this battle, we'd have trouble. Shout out to Washington Nationals World Series champions. What what are they playing? Why? There's a baby shark inside a hockey ring, team, dude. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, I know 100% that as a baseball team, and it's a favorite baseball team, and I've been to a Nationals game. I just like to pretend I don't know what baseball is because it makes him angry. <laughs> but it got the reaction yes, you okay. wanted. Okay, and now he's showing us a, something. It's like a baseball diamond. Is that a picture from the World Series? Yes, it's the first World Series game to take place in Washington, D.C. since 1939. But cool. <laughs> Who was in D.C. then? The Senators. Okay, that's what I thought. Before they moved to Texas and became the Rangers. All right, baseball okay. nerds, All back right. to Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with Rabbit Run. Rabbit Run doesn't have as many lyrics. It's just like, like you read it and it, like, it hits you. It's more the whole song. He's really talking about the struggles of being an up-and-coming rapper. And it's different from... Because he had two songs on, on the 8 Mile soundtrack that you could use for selling the story, right? Obviously, Lose Yourself is one everyone knows. And then there's Rabbit Run. I think Rabbit Run has a little bit more lyricism to it than Lose Yourself. Not to say that I don't think Lose Yourself is lyrical. Um, but one little section that I pulled out was... Uh, it's kind of in the middle of a verse. But I'm going to make you hate me because you ain't me. You wait. It ain't too late to finally see what you close minded fucks, what you blind to see. Whoever finds me is going to get a finder's fee out this world. And no one out there mind is me. You need a peace of mind. Here's a peace of mind. All I need is a line. But sometimes I don't always find the words to rhyme to express how I'm really feeling at, at that time. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. And then he continues to go on. But it's just the way he's able to put it together. I know exactly what he's saying. He explains his emotion. But he never said... I'm frustrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's actual lyrical ability is super impressive on this whole song. It is. I was, uh, I was surprised how much I liked it when I went back and li listened to it. Even the imagery of, you know, fuck, I'm stumped. Wait, here comes something crumples the paper. Nope. Not good enough. Scribble it out. New pack, crinkle it up and throw the shit out. Like the, all of that, uh, the balls in my court, but I'm scared to dribble it out. That kind of stuff. He's really, really good at craft at creating an image, like way even better than I appreciated him for when I went back and looked at because these are his not eight mile is not seen as his lyrical album, generally. You know, that's not the one where he was out here. It is an acclaimed album, but because it ties into the movie so well. And in that I also And also has Wangsta, R.I.P. Jaru. Yeah. Y'all want to see a dead body? Um so I think the other thing that I considered was how well he does telling it is his story, but he's writing it for a movie that's like based on his like, you know what I'm saying? He was able to pull it all together and make a verse that wasn't like this is Eminem just rapping about his life. It's kind of separate from the movie, but it really, really applies. Marcus has something to say. The thing I love most about the way that he wrote for the Eight Mile soundtrack is that he blends and seamlessly hops back and forth between the movie and right. his life. And so we get this mismatch of references where he's like, you know, but this is no movie. There's no Mackay Pfeiffer. But like, yeah, he's like, you know, this, you, this is what you saw in the movie, but it is my life. Right. Exactly. 
And he's he is consistently rapping. Like you said, he's mostly rapping from the perspective of Jimmy Smith. But then he gives you those little things where he plugs it in. I believe it's Rabbit Runner. Uh, yes. Where he does the uh, by the way, we're, by the looks of him, you would swear that Joss is coming by the screams of him. You would swear I'm solving someone by the way they're running. You would swear the law is coming. It's now or never. And tonight it's all or no, nothing. Mama Jimmy keeps leaving on us. He said he'd be back. He pinky promised. I don't think he's honest, which is he doesn't have a little sister in real life to have that conversation with. But it works really, really well. So. Right. I'm going to move on from Rabbit Run. It's really the body of if you listen to that song, it's insane. So I'm going to switch over to let's do the forever verse. Um, it's kind of more like what we were talking about. It's the classic. It's just him spitting. I mean, he comes out of the gate. I'll just do the first couple couple bars. Um, there they go. Pack of stadiums as shady spits flow. Nuts they go. Macadamia and they go so ballistic. Whoa, he can make them like look, look like bozos. He's wondering if he should spit this slow. I wish he did because it's hard to read this like this. Fuck no. Go for broke. His cup just runneth over. Oh no. He ain't had him a buzz like this since the last time that he overdosed. So he's giving you bars, but he also mentioned something mad real. Like in the top of a pop Drake song with LeBron James in the video. <laughs> like it's pretty insane what did y'all think about the forever verse from your recollection or do you need me to give you more i clearly don't need more this is one of those if you give me a song and you tell me m's on it and then make me wait two minutes for him to get there as soon as he shows up i'm excited i'm like let's go yeah absolutely <laughs> so yeah this for this is another one where you can just you go through the whole verse and you're just like oh you went all the way in yeah from top to bottom, there's no filler in there. And that's not true of everyone's verse on this nah. song. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck? Touche. Kanye had a really bad verse on this song. So. Yeah, since, <laughs> yeah. Since we're throwing this out there, I, I don't remember which one of y'all it was that said it last time, but somebody said, how do we have Lupe in this and not have Kanye? That was Marcus. I, still think, I went back and I was like, maybe I'm being biased. I still think it's Bananas. No, uh, it was definitely bananas. Marcus that said that. No, okay, yeah, <laughs> yes. lyrical ability, you get Lupe. It's just the bloodlines. If you look at it, mm. Tim, sing in our dorm room in Winston 313. The first time I heard Lupe was yeah. just this guy. Oops, same. Kanye. First time I heard it I, was I, Tim scrambling across the room to turn <laughs> the volume all the way up. I, I <laughs> so understand what you meant when you said it. I understand what you meant when you said it, but I also understand why Tim was offended that you said it. From two sides. Yeah, from the yeah, lyrical right. side. But the, yeah, and you're right. I, I, everybody got intro- Most everybody got introduced to Lupe from Touch the Sky. Yes, except for you. The first time we saw it on TV, you spit the whole verse word for word. That's and now probably it's very true. <laughs> probably. He said Lupin the Third. What do you want me to do? I was watching Lupin the Third at the time. It was on It was on uh, Cartoon Network. But anyway. Uh, yeah, still have no idea what that is. He's, he's it's, it's an anime. How many years? 15 years later? Is uh oh, we're old. Yeah. Time man, flies, love are. fades. Um, um, but yeah, no, um, this verse is <laughs> spectacular. Um, yeah, I, I don't ab- know it's, what that was. It's an absolute uh, lyric. Every time I say time flies, I say love fades. It's a problem because people look at me really funny at work. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what's going on with your life? That makes it funny. Nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I need you not to throw that out in podcasts at my wife. Yeah, I've said it around my wife so many times. She understands. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when it comes to music references in general, your wife just understands more than either of ours. I, uh, okay, moving on to the next Eminem song. <laughs> uh, so I think the next one I'll do is Cold Wind Blows. He does some... so. The other thing that I had with Eminem is he gets super goofy in the middle of some of these dope ass verses where he just says weird stuff, but sometimes it works. And I think Cold Wind Blows is one of those examples. Uh, let me find the one that I'm talking about. Are you saying that he got goofy in the middle of this verse and not the beginning? Because he starts the verses, you could get the dick. <laughs> like that's the first verse. That's the beginning of this verse off of his first album in years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not that kind of <laughs> like. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I just since to- you mentioned it, I'll go ahead and do the first one. You can get the dick. Just call me the ball sack. I'm nuts, Michael Vick, and this bitch dog fall back. You mutts. But here's I didn't even catch this. He said, "Fuck your worms. You never seen such a sick puppy." And then he gets goofy with "fucking a sick duck." I want my duck sick mummy that's when he gets goofy <laughs> like the beginning is fine but the yeah the rest <laughs> the beginning is still goofy it's, it's all goofy like i i'm, I'm not i appreciate sure. the wordplay yeah, but it's uh, still fair goofy. enough fair enough i mean he follows that up with uh what is the line that uh bitch i don't you don't think uh anyway I, and give am my nuts lick gobble them up trick yummy <laughs> bitch you don't fucking think i know that you suck dick dummy <laughs> You'll get your butt kicked. Fuck all that love shit, hummy, honey. Yeah, I laugh when I call you a slut. It's funny. <laughs> when in the song, yeah, I laugh when I call you a slut. It's funny. He slows it down. It's really well done. But yes, very goofy. But the goofy section that I was talking about was motherfucker. I'll show you pussy footing. I'll kick in a bitch. I'll kick a bitch in the cunt until it makes it queef and sounds like a fucking whoopee cushion. Like what? <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> But it's also good. Yeah, like, yeah. lyrically, it's pretty sound. Um, this verse is one where he's just, like, top to bottom. He's putting in, like, little three-bar sections. Uh, and I could go through and do a lot of them. Uh, I'll do this one. Fuck it, I'm a loose cannon. Bruce Banner's back in the booth. Y'all are sitting ducks. I'm the only goose standing. I set the world on fire. Piss on it. Put it out. Like, it's he's coming in hard. He's dropping everything. He has the goofy stuff. He has the lyrical ability where he's changing up where the rhyme pattern is. He has all the similes, analogies, whatever you want. And then he raps as God at the end. So I thought this song was insane. Thoughts? I like this song. I like Recovery Mm -hmm. M. I don't think this is that lyrical. Explain. Like, it... I like when it comes to post proof Eminem, like after proof died and he went through his whole super depressing and nobody would tell him that his music was bad and trying to find himself. I feel like this verse edges more towards his unhinged self than his collected. Let me show off my lyrical ability. Okay. I think this verse is definitely more relapse than Marshall Mathers LP when I hear it. I I thoroughly enjoyed this verse just from an entertainment standpoint. But like even going further, his, the metaphors he uses are very kind of I don't want to use the word simplistic because I don't think a simple minded rapper could 
put them together. Like my favorite part of the song where he's like, "Old oh, bitches don't like that, homie. I'll be nicer than women when Aquaman drowns in the heat." That was my next swimming. example. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> but like, it's it's all just like really, really like silly type hilarious, which leans more towards the relapse stuff versus like the ability. Like even like on the others like on Rabbit Run that you just talked about, even like that is even from there, it's like a, just a parallel between the two. And part of it was I we have three rounds. If we had one round, it would have been yeah. Marshall Mathers LP, this songs, and oh, Eminem yeah. show. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, but that's I, I hear what you're saying for sure. That's why I kind of wanted to I had to spread it out a little bit. I initially had a Marshall Mathers LP song on here in place of Cold Wind Blows, uh, but I wanted to save it for the next round. Um you're real sure yeah, about I am. this next I am round. pretty confident. When I, well, <laughs> Fair enough. Honestly, it's based off of... I was only going to do three. I was going to do Soldier, Rabbit Run, and Forever initially. And just roll with that. But I threw in My Dad's Gone Crazy because I thought it was a really good verse and I didn't need to use it elsewhere. And Cold Wind Blows was just to get the whole span. You know what I mean? Because Recovery... Yeah. When you go back and listen to Recovery, it has a lot of poppy songs on it. So the verses aren't too complicated. So there's only a couple of songs on recovery that I felt I could actually pick. He has some good verses, but when you read the lines, okay. you wouldn't pick Can't Back Down? I Yeah, that was one that you could have picked. I I lean. Oh, I know the other one that he picked. He, he didn't pick it for a reason. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it took me a minute to go. I was like, I keep thinking of a few, and then I thought of one specifically. I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I am now. by no means so. saying that Cold Wind Blows is the most lyrical song on recovery. That is not what I'm saying, is what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I didn't think you were I didn't think you were saying that. Now. But it's just the one that I landed on. I actually what was what were the two that I was between? And I think you're right with your point, though. There's a lot of silly on recovery, too. But I also feel like he was coming out of that relapse yeah. phase, and so he's still kind of blending back to how to do it. Like I think of songs like Cinderella mm-hmm. Man, which again I it think is. is cool, but it's it's a very silly it's a very silly sounding song, and it's not complicated. It's not like super lyrical. Like I really like that song from that album. Like I used to listen to it a lot, but it's not one that I would put into this particular debate. I just don't think it has what we're looking for. So, all right. So can I move off of recovery now and get to Eminem show? So I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to do the third verse of my dad's going crazy. So all of my dad's going crazy is good. Um, But I think the third verse is where he really gets into it. Um, Let's see. I'm going to do like half the verse. So pack a lunch. Um, Let's see. Where should I start? Before I'd ever bite my tongue, I'd slice my gun, gums, get struck by fucking lightning twice at once, and die and come back as Vanilla Ice's son, and walk around the rest of my life spit on and kicked and hit with shit every time I sung, like R. Kelly as soon as Bump and Grind comes on, more pain inside of my brain than the eyes of a little girl inside of a plane, aimed at the world trade, standing on Ronnie's grave, screaming at the sky till the clouds gathers, Clyde Mathers and Bonnie Jade, and that's pretty much the gist of it. Parents are pissed, but the kids love it. Nine millimeter heater stashed in two seeds with meat cleavers. I don't blame you. I wouldn't let Haley listen to me neither. That is how you close a verse. You understand? <laughs> that is how you close a song. Thoughts? Charles, go ahead. I forgot how dope that third verse was until I heard it today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That third verse is, it's just like, it's just really well. Like you really get the point of like, yeah, this is like, this is my daughter and I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. 
around her, but y'all need to know that I'm doing it as her father. So leave leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> so that's what I got. For me, this is one of my all-time favorite M songs. Yeah. Period. And that verse is just Insane. crazy. I I don't have any comments other than the whole thing is just bananas and I love it and it's the yeah. greatest thing ever. And you consider in the second verse, he was goofing off. Like he's still like that's the thing about him. Even when he's goofing off, when you really look at what he's doing in that verse, I'm like, that's actually a really well crafted like verse. But it's just the content is silly and goofy. There's times where Eminem turns into Kyrie, and you're like, you're just dribbling. You're not doing anything. You're just dribbling. Right. But it's still impressive. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, no, I can also drop forty. You're like, oh, I did all of that. Now I'm going to hit this turnaround three-pointer. Nothing but net. But I just wanted to show y'all that I can have some fun over there. See the guy laying on the floor? What's, what's my man? Brandon Knight still ain't got up. He's still laying on the same court. <laughs> Brandon Knight caught, got caught on one night where he was out too late. Yeah. And the whole nation saw. It, <laughs> it just did really, not really go bad. well. <laughs> I feel bad for Brandon Knight. Wasn't he the recipient of the uh, DeAndre Jordan dunk? I'm getting onto a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Which... I have strong opinions on that. One of these days, if we have a dunk bracket, we're going to have an argument. But anyway. Can we just have a uh, Brandon Knight embarrassment bracket? Can we throw Jason Terry in there too? As long as I get my moment. (laughs) (laughs) This is your moment. I mean, there's one that I called. I can only think of one. Are you talking about the one? I'm assuming you're talking about the one where they're in Boston. And LeBron gets the, the main streets yeah. of Boston. Oh, that was great. Yes. <laughs> In the middle of our 27 game win streak, LeBron dunked on him so hard. I ran down the hallway just yelling at work. <laughs> that one holds up to this day. I watched it like two days ago. <laughs> the slow mo fall. It's really, really bad. But anyway. <laughs> and then I'll, we'll tell, no, we'll tell the rest of that story right. later at some point. <laughs> That was honestly one of my favorite days of work that we didn't win a championship. Like the best day ever. Really, really impressive. Um, So the last song that I have, I believe I'm going through the rest. Yes. is soldier from the Eminem show. So for context, he's going at a few people on this joint uh, and he does a really good job. Most of it is veiled. When you really like, and he's talking about the case that he had at the time. Uh, I believe it's uh, this was in the midst of the insane clown posse nonsense, right? Also, M was always going to get someone. Like I, when the more I listened through his joints, there was always someone that he was going at. Uh, so let me. See. He had a very Michael Jordan ability to hold things yeah. personal and bring them up six years later. That is a perfect way <laughs> to describe it. <laughs> You said that one. Re- you said that one remark on TRL. Right word. <laughs> so. Uh, so I would go. Where would I start with this? Let's see. It's in the first verse. Kind of how he starts out. The first verse was pretty good. Um, never was a thug, just infatuated with guns. Never was a gangster till I graduated to one and got the rep of a villain for weapon concealing. Took the image of a thug, kept shit appealing, willing to stick out my neck for respect if it meant like the death. Never lived to regret what I said. I thought that was a good little. Uh, as for, like we're talking rhyme schemes, right? The, when you hear it, the way that it comes out, it's super tight, but it's not. I feel like other rappers, when they're able to rhyme that many, have diff, that, that many different rhyme schemes going on at the same time, it sounds like formulaic and it doesn't flow. No shots, but like 
kind of like the Talib Kweli thing. Like he can do it, but it sounds like I'm gonna set the one right here and then one A, one B, and I'm gonna line them up, pop, 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 and then he's hitting it. Whereas Eminem keeps the conversational tone while also doing that. I don't know how he does it. Um, go ahead. It's it's amazing ability, and like especially I know Charles at one point you had mentioned you know storytelling in the midst of these things. Like he just really lets off a lot of information and stories about his entire like ethos about threatening people. Um, why and where he's carrying weapons, like all of it. He just kind of lets it all out. He's like, all right, we're done with this case. I can talk about it now and just lets it all out. Yeah. Consistently. And he was able to do it for so long on so many songs. Yeah. Uh, the next section that I will pull from would be. Okay, uh, this is referencing, you know, pistol whipping people, as you just said, where he was carrying guns and exactly what happened. Uh, I love pissing you off. It gets me off. Like my lawyers, when the fucking judge lets me off, all you motherfuckers got to do is set me off and I'll violate and all the motherfucking bets be off. I'm a lit fuse. Anything I do, bitch hits news. Pistol whipping motherfucking bounces 6-2. Who needs bullets? As soon as I pull it, you sweat bullets. An excellent method to get rid of the next bully. Next line is where I was like, okay, it's actually better because instead of you murdering, you can hurt them and come back again and kick dirt at them. It's like pouring salt on the wounds, assault and get sued. You can smell a lawsuit as soon as I waltz in the room. Like there's no empty anything in that whole section. There's nothing that's not important no. and useful. And it's blended together. So this is where I was like, when we're talking about lyricism, like there's not like some punchline or some crazy simile or metaphor or anything like that. But the way that he crafted that is a unique talent. And that's what I'm finding with Eminem. He has a whole lot of examples of that. So anybody got anything to say? I'll defer my to favorite, my favorite section in there is the who needs bullets. As soon as I pull it, you sweat bullets. An excellent method to get rid of the next bully. Like that right there, just concise, tight, just, Here's what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. <laughs> I'll give you cause right. and result right here. And it's all done. Like, I, there are other rappers who would have done that and it would have sound like them talking the story. And it's all done with it. It's like a tight verse. I'm more impressed. Right. It sounds like M is just literally sitting on the couch talking to you. And he's like, no, nah, so here's what I think. I mean, if you just go threaten him, he'll like be super stressed out. You can't get caught. And then you just be out. And he'll be, you know, worried about you for the rest of the life. And you're like, oh, thank, thanks. Um, I don't think you should teach me that, but okay. Yeah. Um, a side note before I give my thoughts. Um, in Atlanta right now, they have lit a Wendy's on fire and Highway 75 has been completely shut down by protesters. Just want to let y'all know that. Um, we'll, um, so I did enjoy the part of the song where he... Um, he basically says, I need to get reason to get this trigger a good squeeze. Like, and it goes back to Eminem kind of just being on tilt from the industry, specifically with the whole, hey, I'm this white rapper. I'm getting all this notoriety. People don't like that I'm this white rapper getting this notoriety. But if you really think you can do something about it, then come do something about it. This song kind of really encompasses, I know you talked before about him like under, underliningly going at a whole bunch of people. But I think this was very much a warning shot to the industry in a way that like, 
different from Kendrick's Controlverse where he mentioned the name. Eminem was like, I know I'm in this spot. If you feel good about me, if you feel not great about me being in this spot, do something about it and I'll be ready for you. So yeah, this is a really good example of him again using a method of rap to do that and get that point across. Yeah. It's interesting because if I'm looking at this conversation in whole, I feel like Eminem has some of the most rough. He has some of the most rough verses, but he also has some of the more fun verses. You talking about whole catalog or in the songs that I selected? In the songs that you selected specifically. Okay. I, in general, will call Soldier a, it's fun, but rough in that, like, well, my man still caught a charge off. Oh, you mean rough in that way? Which, awesome. Rough in, like, honest. Yes, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. Like, just kind of burying it and just putting it out here. And then explaining why for the next five years, he's going to rap about how all of his boys have guns and he doesn't like it's just it's one of anything that i can go back and reference if i hear on 40 ounce two years later and i'm rapping about holding a knife and you're like why and you're like oh just go back to his old album and listen <laughs> and then we'll tell you exactly why he's not allowed right. to carry a gun exactly. anymore like yeah so anything that's that honest i'm you know yeah. drawn to and i think both m and Wayne have it. I think Wayne obviously does a little bit more embellishment because he innately, I don't think, had the level of recklessness that Eminem had. Just in life in general. Yeah, I don't think he was even allowed to have the level of recklessness that Eminem had. I mean, to be fair, he got one shot and he shot himself. So yeah, that's... after that, it's a rap. Like, nah, you can't. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's messed up. <laughs> So Eminem is basically Cheddar Bob if his rap career had been successful. Not Eminem, but Lil Wayne's basically Cheddar Bob if his I mean, rap career had been successful. He did Cheddar Bob and stuff, yeah. Yes. And, and he became a blood. Uh, well, a whole other conversation to have. Becoming a blood at 24 <laughs> as a famous rapper. Him and Chris Brown, they need ex- explanations. Uh, Chris dancing his way in? Chris, Chris paid his way in. Don't tell nobody. Um... So along the lines of what you said, though, one of the lines in uh, Soldier is the full of constant controversy until I retire my, zer- my jersey till the fire inside dies and expires at 30. Like it's it's very, very, very honest and real. Like when you really especially when you consider what happened in his trajectory, he like went on to become addicted to drugs and like, he, you know what I mean? Eminem on multiple tracks stated like, I'm going to keep doing this until I can't. And when I can't, yeah, I'm done. And he completely failed us mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. and <laughs> continued to make albums way too long. But I feel like we finally reached a point where he's just like, okay, we're done. Well, I guess we'll see. And I think, yeah, and I think this was definitely Eminem Show as a whole was his most personal album until Recovery came out. Because at that point, like, he had gone through the first two albums and he kind of saw the tide turning on him and like his persona as a rapper and kind of the industry turning against him for some of his vulgarity. 
And he was very much throwing the fuck it. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to be about. You could either get with me or get out yeah. the way. He's always had emotion in his yeah. uh, in his raps, though. I oh, think, absolutely. which is, I think the Wayne comparison is that's where it is. Wayne wasn't like M said stuff that would make him vulnerable to a lot of different. You know, he said stuff about his kid, about how he grew up, yada yada yada. Wayne didn't really do that very often. He was more like you said, he was braggadocious. He was, you know, talking about this, that, and the same yeah, stuff right. that everyone else talks about when they grow up. You know, coming from the hood and coming from poverty, blah blah blah. But M was talking about getting his ass kicked in a bathroom when he was in middle school. I can't see Wayne rapping about that at any point in his career. Well, I think, too, the main difference with that is Eminem was able to do all that stuff. Wayne pretty much had been with Cash Money since he was 12. True. And so he really kind of grew up in the circle. And so he rapped about being in those circles as a rapper. And then he only circled back to dealing with the stuff with New Orleans after he kind of went through some of that stuff later in life and saw his right. And I used Wayne because we were talking about oh, yeah, Katrina. Um, I uh, yeah. I use Wayne because we're talking about Wayne, but I'm more making it a general statement. Like that wasn't a popular thing to do okay. at the time no. was to talk about because I mean no, 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 we're no. talking about Joe Button. Joe Button is the emotional rapper, and now it's very popular for your Drakes and everyone, J. Cole's, Kendricks to talk about the you know I was depressed and blah 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 all of that stuff. But back in in the early 2000s no one was talking about that and it was not an acceptable thing to do 50 cent was a superhero because he was he got shot he lived and he was always had a gun and you know the authenticity thing was like front and center and the only way to be authentic at that time was to be a gangster also 50 cent presented himself oh yeah he leaned into it 100 (laughs) he leaned hard my man he was either wearing a white beater or a bulletproof vest and that was it he was he had the same costume choices as Luke Cage. <laughs> He's just like, I'm out here. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, I think you hit you hit it on the nose with the whole rappers not really being able or great rappers not being able to be vulnerable. Like we got Jay Z's most vulnerable album, like five. Well, yeah, what four 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 with that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> after, like I think that's the best like Beyonce put his shit on front street. <laughs> like he was like, Well, I guess it's <laughs> up there. I guess we'll go ahead and do this. Yeah. Yes. Guess we get guess we yeah. get into this now. It'd be good. So that's that's my case. That's all I got. In for president. Yeah. Go ahead. Any final argument, Chuck? No, I think we're good, man. I think we kind of hit everybody nail nail on the head with their different things. So mm, time mm-hmm, for voting. Mm, yes, let's see. Mm, yes. Uh, oh, you want me to vote first, Tim? Who are you voting? Also, oh, I have to vote someone out. Correct. I just I just pick who's out. We are voting for who okay. is out, and two people will continue and. I, much to my own displeasure, I'm going to have to vote out Ludacris. Sorry, Luda. Because <laughs> I love Luda, but I think in this particular battle... Luda's very disappointed in you. <laughs> Say, give the Falcons jerseys back. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll give one of them back. <laughs> <laughs> Which player is... Right, yeah, exactly. Let me look at yeah. Charles, what's your vote? Um, For the same reasons as Tim, I also have to vote out Ludacris. Really wish he would have been there in the second round, man. <laughs> yeah, he would have actually. No, I'm fine with the way the second, second round. round is the hardest round, in my opinion. Like, oh, yeah, it is. Second round. I just, oh, I Marcus, you so, don't want to vote? There's no I'm need curious. for me to vote. No, he's I not mean, the, there's I no need vote. for me to vote. Honestly.
I would probably vote to get rid of Ludacris only because there's one little Wayne verse that's stuck in the back of my head that like is my like peak lyricist Wayne. Is it the fly out verse? <laughs> Don't know. Okay. It's actually it's the most random mixtape that like it's awful. It's probably not his best lyrical song, but for me, it's the like if you had to pick one Wayne song. And that you like remember and have a strong memory of, like that's it. That's fair. More than the stuff I listen to with y'all, like it's just this song accompanied by a whole bunch of needless road trips. <laughs> okay. <It's> not- <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's not Mrs. Officer, is it? No. <laughs> okay. Not on an album. We, we, we. Oh yeah, you did say me. I, the songs that I think of for Wayne are not on an album either. For the most, the two that verses that pop into my head are not albums. No, mine are different um, either. So, so this sets up another Eminem versus Lil Wayne, which we'll get to in three weeks. Next week is round two. Charles, you have Joe Budden, who incidentally is Tim's favorite rapper. Tim, you have Lupe Fiasco, who is your second favorite rapper. Lupe's one, Joe's two. Does Joe well, I tried this? to tweet him. But he didn't see it because he has you blocked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know he's on point because he's on point, pussy. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that out. And I, Marcus, will have Can't push a T. Push. So if you, you guys, if you know, you know. Get ready. G A and G. And we'll have some discussions about what makes a great intro next mm-hmm. week. Should be interesting. This round I is going to be will. very challenging because I also have 30 Lupe songs. I'm not going to lie. I I didn't know Lupe had 30. <laughs> this is 2000 to 2010, I bro. I only get to use his first two albums. <laughs> I didn't even get to use the ones I wanted. This is all mixtapes. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> I um I'm kind of glad to not have to listen to Wayne for a few weeks because after doing this I was like I need a break necessarily I didn't feel that way about Joe at all so because it's just the regular but yeah would you like links to my Pusha T playlist so you can mix it up I feel like you don't have anything on your Pusha T playlist that isn't already on the one I have but mm. Mm. word <laughs> He's, trying, he's been saucing oh. on both of us today. He was like, I know more about new rap than y'all. I listen to more Pusha T than you. I know just as much as Joe Button as you. <laughs> I never said I know just as much as Joe Button as you. I know that's okay, still cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I'm fairly I'm fairly aware of my position, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put a strong case for jump off. Joe you know? Regular so. Joe. Are you going to have pump it up? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> This whole thing's a failure. <laughs> I don't know what we're even doing here if we're not going to talk about Pump It Up. I, I would I would not throw Pump It Up out there in the first round if I was going to throw it out there. That would be disrespectful. you you're just going to save that. It. So you're going to use Fire. Hey, don't round. you besmirch the name of Fire. That song, hey, that song I, I like Fire, bro. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> you I almost said it too, Jeff. That song is. <laughs> yeah. it was right oh, I love Fire. No, I am going to walk back my stance about the first album because I've been listening to it. It was like, okay, there, there, there's joints, some heat on it too. So, 
Yeah, it got it got the super commercial buzz. He has some. It got it got the better trash joints. No, he does. You're not gonna do. Are you are you gonna use oh, Pornhub yeah, Star? Well, me, are you gonna use Pornhub Star? <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so bad, but good, but bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it'll be fun. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing your. I I like. I'm. I enjoy Lupe's music. I recently got back into Lupe's music. I'm just curious to see what you pull from Lupe because you're kind of my Lupe guy. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. He's everyone's Lupe. He's Lupe's Lupe guy. <laughs> He's Lupe's Lupe. <laughs> Lupe calls Tim and says, "Tim, when did I say He's this?" Like, oh, let me check my records. I am. Cur- I'm very curious to see what just because your push is limited to 2010. Yeah. I'm curious to see what I you're going to pull from. Because I and I mean, this is going to be good for me because yeah. I didn't listen to as much of the Reup Gang stuff. So I think it'll actually be my first time hearing some of these verses. Maybe. Yeah. There's. Some of these that are just made me ugh. like, <laughs> yeah, just ugh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's some real hearty I'm, stuff yeah. in there, and a lot of the reup stuff where like he'll either come in, smash it, and just leave, mm-hmm. <laughs> or he just kind of waits and he's sitting in the corner and lets everybody do their verse, and then he steps in and he's like, "Excuse me, I'm here to end this now." <laughs> I'll put this whole thing to bed. That's why, like, I was always confused when people were like, Pusha T's going solo. Who wants a Pusha T solo record? I was like, y'all clearly didn't listen to the mixtapes if you don't want a Pusha T solo record. And then he started dropping, like, his regular mixtape stuff before the first album came out. I was like, oh, this is about to be something special, y'all. And then, yeah, it's just, man, it's a, man, it's just a problem. Absolutely yeah. a problem. Next week, you guys will get at least, you know, seven different links to listen to. Oh, that's fun. I thought, are we not keeping it at five? Uh, we're keeping it at five. That's yeah, probably it's some extras. It's gonna break the rules. I, I won't consider them, but I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. break, break what you say. Stricken from the record. Like, yeah. no, be so, Looking forward to it. Well, at, with that, we've already made our selections. Luda's out, much to the disappointment of pretty much everybody in the room, I think, because we all respect Luda a lot. So just to recap. Yeah. N- yeah, please, please, don't diss us. please don't diss us. I don't want to be in the end of a verse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I know we need, we're about to get out of here, but you didn't mention the um uh from the make you made you look verse. The uh got more shit on the street than evicted tenants because that's my favorite part of that verse. <laughs> anyway, I just, <laughs> there were several sections I did, was bouncing back and forth. I should have just yeah, gone with the whole verse. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you got to do because the verse is nasty. Um, but with that, we have uh, eliminated Ludacris from the, the bracket. So the next round of the ones will be uh, Eminem versus Lil Wayne. But next week, we'll be doing our two section, um, which to recap, Pusha T, Lupe, The Fiasco, and Joe BZ. Uh, we'd love to have y'all back so we can continue on. <laughs> Charles, what are you doing? <laughs> As I was saying, I'm trying to re-up re-up my re-up finger with with language. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to have you all back for for next week. We'll cover that. We're gonna get into it the same way we did this week as we work towards finding out who is actually the number one lyricist of 2000 to 2010. Once again, we appreciate your time. Thank you for being with the Triangle Nonsense Podcast. Just in case you forgot, I am Tim, aka TR Paper Stacks. That is. Marcus Go. <laughs> Marcus, aka Quest, aka Tim's old roommate. And this is Chuck Rogers, aka Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, aka Take Off the Red Sweater and the Shoes, aka That's it, man. That's a wrap. <laughs> That was the best outro I've ever heard. Please keep it. 
Every week, I need it. This has been Triangle Nonsense. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Salutations, and we out. <laughs> 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 <laughs>